Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. C-E-L-T-I-C Celtic. C-E-L-T-I-C Celtic. Hiya, my name's Kevin Graham and welcome to your Wednesday afternoon, a Celtic state of mind bulletin. The bulletin that claps if it wants to clap. John, how's things <laughs> today? Alright, Kev, feel well, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. Sorry we were running a bit late there. I've just jumped on because real life got in the way. <laughs> when I was well, trying to come on here, eh? that will happen. That will happen. Yes, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I, I think you were sitting there panicking, wondering <laughs> if you were going to have to do this solo, uh, waiting on me to actually log in there. Um, John, well, what we're going to do, we'll have a wee look 
at back over the last week and where we are in Europe and in the league and stuff like that. But I think the first thing we've got to deal with is the mainstream media's mischievous linking of Ange Postacoglu to every club in England. Um, for me, it shows that they're actually scared of him because over the last the, the, the three seasons that Stephen Gerrard was in charge of Rangers, he wasn't linked with a move anywhere. He wasn't linked with a move anywhere at all. And we seem to be get, getting this on a daily and weekly basis that Ange Postacoglu is going to pack up and leave us and go to the 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 green ship, which is the English Premiership. Ange Postacoglu says he's already at a big club. He's already spoke at quite a bit at length, John, about how he's had other interviews and, he, and they've just never came to the crunch. He spoke about when he'd done the phone call with De- De- Dermot Desmond, he did actually say when he came off the phone to his wife, I think I've got that job. Yeah. He's not going to go to Bre- Brighton and Leicester and that's no... No, that, no, we are a far bigger club than Brighton and Leicester. I'm, I'm not actually going to say no disrespect to them. No, massive disrespect for them. We are absolutely massive compared to Brighton and Leicester. Well, funny, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day after listening to a couple of arguments about it. The first thing I need to say is, and especially to caveat this, because we're going to be talking about the, the results later, one of which wasn't great. So I've made a terrible mistake in investing in Ange as a man, right? So I know that's going to end badly. It'll probably be more painful than winning the horses. Um, But, you know, I've made that terrible mistake of buying into the man, not just the manager, because I think he's brilliant. Uh, He's inspirational, he's eloquent, he's empathetic. He has all the talents you'd want in a manager and all the characteristics you'd want in a man. Uh, So I'm overly bought into him and it is going to be painful if he does move on eventually or when he does move on I suppose it's inevitable uh, but I am holding out hope that his character has a lot to do with this I'm holding out hope that uh, he won't just jump you know, at the first even half-decent opportunity that comes along. His family's settled here. He knows we gave him this opportunity. He seems invested in the club. He seems to get what it's all about and like it here. And I'm hoping that that counts for more than uh, piles of money elsewhere. Because he could really forge a legend here. He really could become, you know, a a jock Stephen figure if he decided to stay. Um, Now... That's the way I see it, so I know it's going to be painful. Uh, and I hope that people, before they jump on me for criticising some of the things he's done recently at the end, understand there what I've just said uh, and take that into account. But, you know, I was listening to, what was it, like Off the Ball or something the other day, an Irish show, and they had like, this oh, kind of Irish an Irish, as I was an Irish Celtic supporter, uh, and um, she was trying to defend. Uh, against one guy that covers EPL and another just a general presenter. And their opinion of us is, I suppose, the way that the opinion of most people in England is, is just we're a parochial wee club, you know, with a faded glory and all that. Uh, so uh, they were seriously questioning her as to why, you know, he wouldn't go to Brighton. Uh and then she managed to win that argument, but someone then mentioned Aston Villa, and they were like, oh, well, Aston Villa's a big club, big history, and all the rest of it. You know, he'd definitely go there, wouldn't he? Well, no, 
No, he definitely wouldn't. You know, so uh, I think Ange has a long way to go with us. Uh, I I hope I'm right about that. I really do hope I'm right about that. I because I don't want my heart broken. Basically, that's no, what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I, I don't because I will be very upset when he goes because I think he's uh, he's a top man and I hope uh, we can keep him for as long as humanly possible. I, I, I know what you're saying there. We hope that we, we probably are still rattled by Brendan Rodgers doing the midnight flit, um, even though Big Rambo, Alan McAnally, told me and Paul two months before it was going to happen. And we were like, I really? He says, no, it is going to happen. <laughs> I went, all right, so he's going to go to Leicester then. So when that came about, it didn't come as a surprise, but the speed it happened came as a surprise that that was, that was going to happen. For me, I think Poster Coglu's got a wider world view than the parochial English view. Yeah. It's a big, wide world out there. He's an Australian. He knows it's a big, wide world out there. And he knows that doing something in Europe, taking a team like Celtic into Europe and doing well in Europe, playing his brand of football, will get him more noticed than finishing 15th in the Premier League with Leicester and Brighton. That's where that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm coming from as well. Uh, IH decorating people need to stop being naive. If Ange feels another club offers him and his family more than Celtic, then he will go to the EPL. The EPL is seen as the top of the tree for money. I do get that point if he was Brendan Rodgers, because Rodgers yeah. never had Rodgers has never had his ambition. I think when you look at Poster Coglu's career, John, I think he's got to a club bigger than what he maybe expected to get to quicker and he's not going to pass it over to go to a Leicester or a Brighton. Somebody in the comments says Leicester, Brighton have just appointed a new manager actually. Uh, Robert Little comes in and says Brighton have got a new manager so that one finished. At the moment yeah. Leicester yeah. still have a manager. Uh, the aforementioned Brendan Rodgers and I've been to Leicester uh, I went to a testimonial in Leicester once uh, when Martin O'Neill was the manager and Leicester's not a very nice place and I'll apologise to anybody for Leicester it was one of the worst trips I've heard into England to watch, to watch the mighty hoops uh, we never got treated very well and we weren't made very welcome eh? but yeah. I think Ange Poster Coglu sees a bigger picture than finishing mid-table in the EPL no, well, I mean, that was the point I was just making, though. When he's saying, you know, he's saying that we're, you know, it's naive to think it won't. Yes, it is. If you're looking at the kind of manager that we're accustomed to, um, or the kind of manager most people are accustomed to, I'm hoping that Ange is a, a better man than that, who, um, you know, has a bit more character about him than that. Maybe that's completely naive. Um, but not everything's about money. And I think that he knows that. Um, he's old enough now to know that. Uh, not everything's about money. Uh, you know, it's, it's important that your family is happy. It's important that you're settled. It's important that you enjoy your work. Uh, you know, and ultimately, you know, the older you get, the, the more uh, that becomes true in your life. You know, I think the more you appreciate that. It's not just about flitting from place to place, trying to make as much as you can, grasping. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, if we were having this discussion about Brendan Rodgers, I'd say he was already out the door. You know, it's there's different men have different characters, and I'm hoping that you know, and everything else I've just done so far, he's been exceptional for me on a personal level. I think he's been exceptional, um, so I'm hoping that that counts for something. Now, ultimately, if there's a massive, massive job comes in, 
maybe his ambition gets the better of him. But I, I just don't see him, as you say, leaving for some mediocre mid-table or bottom-table club. But, you know, I don't see that what's in that for him on a personal level. Aye, I, I don't see that. Uh, uh, David Crines, uh, Ange won't leave before three full seasons minimum. Hopefully he stays longer, the grass is not greener. I'm going to go by the guys who are more knowledgeable on this job. And the guys that are more knowledgeable on this are the boys for sales down under, who are, are in Japan and also in Australia. And they say Postacoglu's three seasons. He doesn't. The only, the only time that he's been less than three seasons was Melbourne. Can't remember the name of the team. Victory. Victory, and then he went and took the, the Australian national job. That was the only time he had been there a season. Eh? So yeah. I think we've probably got a three-year shelf life. If he, if, he, if he continues being successful. And I like this shout, John, from JR. I hope nobody shot you, JR, today. <laughs> uh, that's, one for the kid, that's one for the kids there, John. That's one for the kids. Really dating yourself there, mate. <laughs> Aye, definitely. Uh, and Greece Euro 2028. The guys yeah. for Celtic down under could, could see him going to Spain or uh, Germany as his next move. Yeah, yeah. Well... You know, again, I don't think his next move is going to be anytime soon. So I won't no. even just put that all to bed. But he is going to be, because he has been successful and because he does come across well, he gets people's attention. So therefore, every single time the manager merry-go-round opens in England, you know, he'll be the first name thrown on it. You know, so we're going to get this for the next few years. It's going to get really quite tedious, to be honest with you. you know, so. I'm hoping we just it's something we ignore until like a properly huge club comes in for him. Uh, well, you know the, the the Real Madrid's of the world, and you just can't ignore it. You know, no. uh, so yeah. Until that point, you know, I'm not going to concern myself about it. But they they are it's mischief making and it's trying to upset, unsettle. You know, and it's trying to unsettle us. You know, so but we know it's it's the usual characters, isn't it? If you're if you're reading your daily record and your evening times and all the rest of it, then you're going to be reading the same old rubbish <clears throat> So uh, from, from the same old uh, sources. So just nonsense, just made up to our noise. Definitely. Why no, Gracie speaks a language, Kev. Well, I didn't mean to bring up that comment. I actually clipped my mouse by mistake there. But um, <laughs> no, I can see him going to Greece because yeah. he's, already, he's already made a couple of quips about when I'm retired on a beach in Greece. So yeah. he's already made a couple of clips that that's where he sees his cell going back. This is a comment that I meant to bring up. Roddy McDonald agreed John's success will breed rumours. And lo as long as we've got success, keep these rumour keep these rumours actually coming. And Donny Boy, yeah. Kevin, I noticed the blue vase is back, Kevin Graham. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, because I didn't actually notice it. That means somebody's bought my wife's flowers and it wasn't me. So I might be screaming <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I, I, I need to get to the bottom of that, Dory boy. Now you've pointed it out. It's a place to find out. <laughs> aye, definitely. Aye. It's a dramatic uh, podcast today. <laughs> um, there's over 300 people watching just now. Please uh, like and and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, it helps the channel. We're up at the, the content awards again. Uh, for best video content, which is brilliant, which is a massive, massive uh, compliment to Paul and Kelvin and all the guys at the back that you didn't see it make these videos. Me and John just come on and sit and do these streams, eh? but hope Kelvin and Paul and that day in the background is utterly fantastic and it's great to see them getting recognised. So get voting for us and these guys, hopefully we can make it another 
uh, another another uh, award that we can actually get. But Kev, in, in spirit in spirit of the times that we're in, can we not just demand that everyone votes? You know, because we have to demand, don't we? You don't have, you don't have to earn that respect, do you? Can't you just demand it? You know, uh, the same way that we has have been in the last number of weeks. Can't we just uh, insist that you vote? Yeah, regardless of whether you want to or not, uh, and demand your respect. But so, uh, I suppose that's a that's another matter, I suppose. The, the, the demand that you subservient and uh, yes. indulge in, in uh, uh, mourn porn for yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. and weeks and weeks. Uh, I will quickly move on there. Monty tells me it was it was it was him that bought my wife the flowers. I'm all right, then, Monty. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I'm all right with that. Right, let's let's bring it down a bit. I'm going to talk about Graham sooner since he sort of went into that wee bit there. Eh? Now, Graham Sooners called Celtic Football Club the unacceptable face of Scottish football after the weekend. Now, for me, Graham Sooners has been a bit hypocritical here after, for me, he is the one man, him and David Murray, that killed Scottish football. He's been hypocritical because he takes a shilling from the right-wing Murdoch media where he actually does all his talking and it's a very short-jock tactic that he's actually took. Uh, especially the right-wing media who seem to be all for free speech unless you're actually talking against what they actually believe in funnily enough, and the fact that he looks like an infected colostomy bag is means that we shouldn't actually even listen to his opinions. Eh? He was just trying to be smart here. I noticed that, I saw it quoted this morning that he was trying to do an Ian, Ian Archer moment. If he was gone for an Ian Archer moment, he's utterly failed, because yeah, this wee look at the videos in the back, his backstory of his time at Rangers, he can't, he can't claim that we are the unacceptable face of Scottish football with what he's been involved in. And that's before I mentioned EBTs and tax dodging yeah, and stuff well, like I that. Just, I was just going to say, Kev, I, I mean, I didn't know that you were bringing that up, but in the you know couple of seconds you were talking, I wrote down, um, you know, he's writing for The Sun, Hillsborough, after Hillsborough, he wrote for The Sun. <laughs> um, the fact he was an absolute thug as a player, uh, responsible for a couple of the worst tackles I've ever seen uh, on a football pitch. Um, the sectarian singing in the dressing room when they were filming and his encouraging of it and insisting that they do it. Uh, the EBT, which was, uh, has to be investigated, but some people would say it's as clear a case as, of bribery as you've seen in football. But, I mean, I can't comment on that. That's just what some people would say. Um but, you, you know, he is not the man to be on his moral high horse. You know, uh, he, you know, if anything, you know, he'd be lucky if he was in a moral poodle. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got no position from which to talk here. Uh, they, he injected uh, poison into, you know, uh, Rangers when he was there. Uh, they were bad and he exacerbated it, um, you know, under him. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, the, the, it seemed to be that despite, you know, Morris Johnson, obviously he signed, but he did that to wind us up. So, the you know, the sectarianism uh, seemed to become a feature rather than a bug. Um, you know, despite the fact all, all he's talking about it seemed to be, oh, no, you know, we'll, we'll get rid of that. But that's not what actually was happening, uh, as was evidenced by the multiple, you know, scenes of singing and celebration that we saw. So, no, the, the, you know, I, I have got absolutely couldn't care less uh, what Graham Sinus has to say. If you think about it, who, who did we annoy? So we annoyed that in the last couple of weeks, we've annoyed Nigel Farage, Graham Sinus, Jeremy Vine, uh, James Whale, uh, not Jeremy Vine, Jeremy Kyle, sorry, uh, James Whale, uh, uh, what's her name? Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Piers, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan as well. Piers Morgan. The Daily Mail editor, which is always a good sign that we've done that we've done our job. <laughs> we've done our job completely. That, that is that is a list of people who I would actively want hating me. Uh, yes. Because you know they are the scum of the earth and um, you know if they are on the wrong side you know if you're ever on the the same side of an argument as those people uh, you need to check yourself um, and wonder what's going on because it's uh, you know that's not where you should be Um, so yeah no we've managed to certainly upset the right people uh, and I have no problem with that at all Definitely, especially the Jeremy Kyle one someday for well over a decade on TV for entertainment played on poverty and mental health problems and made entertainment out of it and for him to like give us a moral compass a moral lesson of what we should be believing is like talk about soon has been hypocritical that is the most hypocritical thing I've ever actually heard but last word on Graham Sunas Graham Sunas Graham Sunas Graham Sunas is a bovine's behind so let's move on Quickly. Well, I would I would love to tell the old uh, the, the 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 Piers Morgan joke. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that. Am I? Did you hear it in the comments? <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't no. heard it in the comments. But I, I, I think we'll just kind of move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the comments afterwards. I'll put it in the comments afterwards. I, we'll, we'll, we'll err on the safe side here because. <laughs> We, we didn't want to be. I've already lost like quite a few team members on a Wednesday, John. I didn't want to lose another one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so sat, sat. I know. Um, oh, the problem. Annual results came out yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, the sort of the headline figures are: we're six point one million pounds in profit. We've got thirty million quid in the bank. Player sales for the previous financial year totaled 29 million. Player purchases were 38.4 million, which also include this season. Uh, Like, also include this season and the operating expenses, which I find absolutely astonishing, are 91.7 million pounds. I am. I am not an accountant by any stretch of the means, so I leave this to the people who who like get sexually aroused with stuff like this when they actually have a look at figures <laughs> and, and, and that to tell me what I should be feeling about this. But oh, the yeah. fact is we've got 30 million quid in the bank, but our operating expenses are over 90 million pounds of the two eye-watering things for me. Well, 
the last couple of years aren't really comparable to anything, obviously, because of COVID. So I went back to 2019. Uh, operating expenses uh, were £86.9 million. So that's an increase of 4.8 million, and that increase in operating expenses almost perfectly correlates with the decrease in profit from that year, because the profit from that year uh, was 11.3 million, uh, and now we're at 6.1 million. You add 4.8 million uh, in increased operating expenses, uh, and there you are, you're nearly at that figure. So we're almost back to where we were, sort of 2019, um, you know, but again, Coming out of that, the, the one thing that I would uh, that, that concerns me, uh, I hope there's a lot of investment going on here in the background because if you take that record player sales, you know, and it is a record player sales, and the fact we really only invested uh, nine point eight million pounds, nine point nine eight million pounds. Now, one thing that's remarkable, and the other thing that's concerning. So, the thing that's remarkable is that with nine point nine eight million pounds we have replaced almost an entire team. So we replaced our top scorer, we replaced our captain, we replaced the core of the team, um, our best player, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and the manager. So mm-hmm. all of that was done with basically £9.98 million. Pounds. Now, we've spent more than that even a few seasons ago. Um, you know, we spent £12 million, I think, net, um, just before we, we blew the 10. So, um, you know... There is an issue about um, sustainability here because obviously that's on the back of record player sales. So at the start of this season, what we were thinking was, well, where's the next big sale coming from? You know, because mm-hmm. we have we have cashed in on all of our assets here. So where are we? You know, this player trading model it doesn't work if you don't have players that are worth anything. Now, subsequently, we've done some sensational transfer business, and we obviously have players who are worth a great deal of money. Um, but our scouting really needs to be unbelievable because we had, you know, as I say, I don't expect that player trading that we did off the back of Ange signing um, and uh, Peter Lowell's boy coming in. I don't expect that's going to be easy to replicate ever. You know, we got mm-hmm. some, you know, I mean, I went on about it the other week. We got unbelievable players for peanuts, absolute peanuts. And the chances of that, you know, chances of lightning striking twice you know, are fairly slim. But that's why I did really like the uh, the signings of Haxabanovic uh, and Abdelgard, uh, or Abdelgard, uh, not a Billy Gard, as Colin Watt was saying the other day. <laughs> sounds like sounds like he's a, a, a prison lord on a Rangers prison, doesn't he? Oh, um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> is that not so, Stuart boy? He's a Billy Gard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... You know, those, I like that because obviously, you know, they're distressed assets. I know, I know, it's pretty, um, it's sort of cruel when you think about it. Yeah, but that's business, and we have to be sharp. We have to be sharper than anyone else. We have to be faster than anyone else. We have to be more aware than anyone else because we need to turn, you know, players at a few million into multi, multi, multi million pound players. And I'm hoping uh, now that Michael Nicholson's in charge um, that what we will see is not what we've seen in previous years, which player trading means uh, we uh, sell all our, you know, we buy players in at a certain uh, level, um, we sell them for a a big profit, uh, and then we just go back to zero again. Uh, And so you're constantly just buying in the the project players and trying to make something of them. Now, if you look at the likes of 
you know, Porto, Benfica, people like that uh, who have made a real success out of this model. You don't, you don't keep going back to zero. You know, if you sell a Kieran no. Tierney for twenty-four million, the next guy you buy should be ten million, twelve million. He, he shouldn't be another two million pound player. You know, because you're just resetting the clock constantly. You know, that's the thing again that concerns me about people saying, "No, oh, this this team has time to settle in." Or just to start, you know, yeah, we've got next year and all the rest of it. Do we? Do we really? You know, mm-hmm. because th- this team's going to start getting picked apart in January. Uh, so, you know, how much time do we really have? We need, and the, the problem is, you know, it's like we're under, we're under constant pressure because we need European success almost instantly so that we can buy or improve or replace players who will be picked off as by bigger clubs because we can't stop that. So this team in its current format is unlikely to survive a season you know, is unlikely to survive beyond the season, certainly. So I mean, we can't go into next year saying it's another transitional year and all the rest of it. So, you know, we really need to be investing wisely. We need to be scouting tremendously well. We can't rely on just guys that the manager knew, um, and you know, because that just won't do. So before all of this happened, um, the big concern was what's happening with the football department. You know, what's happening with recruitment? What's happening with scouting? You know, do we have an actual department there? And if we do have a department there, are we sure that their department is going to stay and not just leave a la Brendan Rodgers? I mean, I was looking back. I mean, one of the one of the things in 2019, um, we had uh, 86.9 million of revenue uh, and uh, the costs uh, were uh, in excess of that, right? So where we made money was we disposed of players for 17.7 million. Uh, and the other amount of money we got was 8.8 million for Rogers mm-hmm. uh, and, and the team that he took with him. And as we know, he took everyone with him uh, who wasn't locked down or whose name wasn't John Kennedy. So, you know, we can't have Ange doing that. Now, if I was working for Ange, I'd want to follow Ange. Do you know what I mean? I think you would. But for, Ange has never in the past, though, taken anyone with him. You know, he's, he's tended to do these things solo. But we need to be set up. And this whole conversation was happening constantly at the end of the, you know, before we signed Ange. But now it's just died off because we've been successful and Ange is great at his job. But we need to have a football department that survives beyond Ange. You know, we need to have these structures in place and it's just not good enough to say, ah, no, it's fine, you know, concentrate on the football. Well, yeah, but, if, you know, this is, as we know, this is a generational club. We, you know, we want our kids to watch mm-hmm. and their kids to watch. So in order for there to be success in the future, we need to have those structures and systems in place. Uh, and I don't know if that's been done. Uh, there's been no word of it, really. Uh, there's only word of occasional bits of individual recruitment, but there's been no word of what system's actually in place. And, you know, Angie's a kind of a guy who takes charge, so it's going to look great at the moment, and everything looks fine and dandy. We're doing really well at the moment, but what happens in the future? So, we, you know, we need to look at that's, that. That's a, that's a worry that, as you say, I sometimes Celtic claim to be a Champions League club, but played at it and they done thing on a sort of ad hoc basis. And when Rogers left, that showed the like the complete and utter 
by the way, that's been ripped out the club. And the first thing the club done was go, well, do we actually need to replace that? When, no, do we need to replace that? Do we actually need that? Do we actually need to do this? And when Paul, I remember Poster Coglu talking about this last year. When he arrived, he couldn't believe that we didn't have a head of sports science. Mm-hmm. He's going, what do you mean you haven't got a head of sports science? You're meant to be an elite football club and you haven't got a head of sports science. You allowed him to go to Leipzig and decided not to replace him. He decided, like, not, and you say that structure has to be in the club. Maybe that's what Mark Wall's been bringing to actually try to build up uh, based on uh, on his experience at the City Group. But even then, has anybody not even know if Mark Wall's actually started his job? Has anybody actually ever seen him? Has he actually came out and uh, has, has he actually came out and ever done an interview to say this is my job and this is what I'm going to be doing and this is this is my plan for the club? He hasn't even came out and say that. So yeah. for me, that's like a bit of what what they're actually hiding. <laughs> I don't know. I've, that's just me being paranoid. That, that's just me really being paranoid. <laughs> but I understand. What, I come, I'm completely on board with that, John. I want yeah. to see this club set up like a modern progressive club. And the point that you made about the transfer fees or a port on that, it made me thinking, Edward Diver, that's what Ajax and Napoli do. Ajax were the club that I thought of. They never used yeah. to spend big money, but over the last couple of years, I've seen, you've seen them uh, yeah. You've seen you've seen them bringing in big, no big names, but guys at 12, 13 million pounds to help their development through. And even though, like, the year after they got to the Champions League semi-final, they kind of fell off a club cliff. They made £70 million pounds worth of sales. Took them a season. You look at them now, they look quite a fair side. Uh, yeah. they, look, they look like a fair side now. And that's something that we need to have a look at and we need to have that structure at place. We can't have the micromanagement, as you say, John, that we've had over the last decade, apart from Brendan Rodgers. We have to move away from that. But well, yeah. But I mean, that that's it. It's 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 people who don't know uh, or aren't willing to concede the limits of their knowledge or responsibility. So the reason, in my view, uh, why things have changed so much since uh, Michael Nicholson came in uh, is because he knows what his job is. His job is CEO. His job is to tie up his deals. He is not uh, head of football recruitment. He is not head of scouting. He understands what the limits of his responsibility are and the limits of his knowledge are. And in doing so, he's given Ange uh, and the team that he has um, uh, free reign to actually get the, the football inside of things done. And we've seen an enormous improvement uh, as a result of that. So, you know, it, it's just a matter of people knowing their jobs and accepting. And, and, you know, and when you're going through, they must do you know, uh, a risk analysis of the business. They must, you know, do internal, um, you know, strategy. Uh, So, I mean, you're looking at, you have to be looking at your own departments and thinking, okay, where are the strengths, where are the weaknesses? You know, in any large PLC, that's what you do. You know, so uh, I'd be amazed if that's not now happening. I think Michael Nicholson seems like the kind of guy uh, who... who, you know, get that started, get it rolling. But, you know, we need to have it because, you know, the, you started off the conversation saying, would Ange go and would he not? I'm saying I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will for a good while yet. But we don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, we need to have structures in place is what happens when Ange goes. You know, and that's what you, ha- you have Definitely. to be thinking. You know, if I'm the chief executive, that's the greatest risk to the team as it stands at the moment. What happens? What happens if the manager goes? So you have to be constantly 
planning for that, you know, and that, that means putting the right structures in place. So we just have to hope that's what's happening. We, we do have to hope that's what's happening in the background, but it's always interesting to see the the celebration by some members of the Celtic fan community when these figures are released. <laughs> I'm like, well, it doesn't really mean nothing to me if we're no winning games of football in the park and we're no maybe punching above, above, our, above our weight. Roddy McDonald's succession planning, John, I think that's something that we haven't uh-huh. done really well uh, at all over this period, this generational period of domination, which we actually are still in. Uh, Monty comes in, Henrik first via Porto. Since I mentioned since I mentioned Porto, uh, Henrik is talking about Seville. It was Henrik Larson's 51st birthday the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, and I noticed the UEFA put up quite a nice wee tribute to the man, the... The Europa League competitions, and only if somebody had wrote a brilliant book of poetry about Henrik Larson, which is available <laughs> to buy on action.net. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And was used by Celtic a couple of weeks ago for the anniversary of the 6-2 game. So there you go, plug gets in there. But happy birthday, Henrik, because I know well, that you watch I, it. I'm, I'm only a year older than Henrik Larson, but clearly my paper round uh, was pretty extreme when you're comparing the two of us. Uh, you, you wouldn't tell I was only a year older. I look like he's grander. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> say that, didn't say that. There was uh, one thing I thought was interesting yesterday, just go back to the financial just for a second. Uh, David Lowe tweeted a, a thing from the, the Celtic accounts uh, about UEFA introduced significant enhancements in financial governance by introducing new financial sustainability Aye. regulations to replace the previous fair play regulations. And he goes on to explain what those might be. But uh, that was suggested as uh, one of the main reasons why there may have been uh, a, a, a lull in transfer activity uh, coming out of Govan. Uh, so uh, that's I think that's interesting if things are getting stricter from that point of view. I, th- uh, I, I, I do find that quite unusual that they actually says that they played a major part in the, the FFP changes which are coming in from 2024 yeah. and there's a structural change in the Champions League coming in for 2024 as well but then we played a team two weeks ago called Real Madrid that are £600 million in debt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're playing the clubs that get to the last eight in the Champions League are owned by dirty oil money or owned by Roy, or, or owned by Royal syndicates that are trying to wash their yeah. wash wash their uh, image, 
And you look, at, you look at Barcelona, what they won billion pound in debt. Atletico Madrid, four hundred million pound in debt. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 forgive me if I didn't believe an organisation like UEFA really wants to tackle something like that when all their big names are are, are swimming like Scrooge McDuck and yeah. and borrowed money. Well, they they don't, uh, and it's uh, one of the things that's killing the game. There is nothing remotely fair. Uh, and it's supposed to be a level playing field, but it's not. When you've got states, actual states, countries, sports washing their reputations uh, with uh, billions of pounds through football clubs, and then the very, very, very light touch regulations of financial mm-hmm. fair play, which are really easy to get round, um, you know, it makes the game inherently unfair and, in my view, indecent. Uh, there is nothing equitable about you get a likes of Barcelona who are a billion pounds in debt, a billion right, they owe people they owe players, they're now trying to negotiate with players, they're trying to do a, you know a negotiate, a, a, a sort of put down loans with players you know, and trying to minimise them, they say you know we owe you 27.8 million in wages but you know how about you settle for 5 million you know mm-hmm. stuff like that, that's that's not right. If you can't afford your commitments, if you can't maintain those commitments, you know, then you have to do some serious <laughs> restructuring, and it needs to be forced upon you if you're not doing it yourself. But you know, you've got clubs that are a billion in debt, four hundred million in debt. What's Man United? Hundreds of millions in debt. They were bought with debt. They mm-hmm. were bought. With, there was no money involved in buying them. No actual money was put down. It was all debt. You know, that was loaded onto that club. You know, there is something fundamentally wrong about that. Absolutely fundamentally wrong. The way that clubs should be run is the way the likes of Celtic are run. You have to be sustainable. If you're not sustainable, you need to cut your spending. You don't just increase your spending by borrowing more money or going looking for a sugar daddy uh, who is going to, you know, try and uh, finance you through. So that you, you know, I mean, if you look at the bubble that the EPL is, even you know, if it wasn't for that television money. You know, God help them if anything happens to Sky or that television money because you know they'll all be bust immediately. You know, you know. So uh, uh, the game is inherently unfair. Uh, The funding of the game is inherently unfair and and, uh, inherently indecent, inherently unethical. Um, And we are supposed to have regulatory authorities to deal with that sort of thing. But as always in football, as in life, money talks. So. There'll be money getting, you know, swished around there, as we saw with the, the previous two lads. They, they got off with that one, though, didn't they? With money changing hands, World Cup and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. Um, I hesitate to criticise Gianni Infantino because he, he sent a nice letter after my dad died, um, oh. which uh, was nice to have. Um, but, you know, still, I don't know the boy, and the whole the whole operation is inherently corrupt. Um, it is inherently corrupt. That is yeah. a word for UEFA. The Champions League is an inherently corrupt competition. Yeah. Uh, is that, and even though we like taking part, there's part of me, go, I feel sick to the pit of the stomach that we're actually involved with mm-hmm. such a corrupt organisation. Idaguchi CSC, the new Man City sponsor is a fake gambling court based in Abu Dhabi where betting is illegal. Barely even try to hide it now. In the article I read from Forbes magazine, it actually says Man City have no debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, have yeah. no debt. And I'm going, well, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Chelsea uh, now have no debt because they've just been took, took over. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, 
That's not true. No, that's not true. <laughs> not true. It's the same way as Google and Facebook and all the rest of them uh, don't make any money. And Amazon, they don't make any money in this country uh, and they don't pay any taxes because their profits are uh, distributed elsewhere. So, you know, you're just moving uh, money around balance sheets uh, to benefit you. Uh, and if uh, HMRC can't get to grips with it, it's very unlikely UEFA are going to get to grips with it. You know, so, uh, you know, it, it's going to be the way for a, a, a while to come, but it's going to take the liquidation of a massive club in order for a reset to happen in the game. Oh, you know. I, I can tell what's just going to happen in the comments here. If you <laughs> mentioned that one, John. No, no. Liquidation doesn't happen. I said the liquidation <laughs> of a massive club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're talking about Amazon and that there. That's what happens with the profits in my book. There's no profits for anybody watching for the HMRC. No profits whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> just go away and leave me alone. Um, let's talk about football because we've been 40 minutes and we haven't really spoke about football. We've just spoke yeah, about... Let me start by laying out my still post the coglu out. You know, uh, shocker. Get him out. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, but can I just say, Kev, going back to, can I just start chronologically, just going back yes. to Shakhtar? Yes, let's, let's so, go back to Shakhtar, let's reverse to last, was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Tuesday, uh, no, right. Wednesday. Uh, now, and I am going to say things that people aren't going to agree with, uh, but uh, this is how uh, I feel about it. I don't insist that you feel the same way. You are not required <clears throat> to respect how I feel or applaud how I feel. Uh, but um, this is the way I feel about it. You will remember if you tuned in last week, Wednesday pre-game, spent Wednesday. the whole second pod going on about Mudrik, going on about what we needed to do to uh, keep Mudrik quiet. I had suggested, uh, you know, only half-jokingly, like uh, a Ralston-Juranovic combination on that side with nobody going over a halfway line uh, and I have to say before the game started I was so annoyed I was just so annoyed the one player that I wouldn't have put on that side of the pitch was Jota I just wouldn't have, I, you know he, he was never going to be tracking back or defensive enough to stop Midrick right and right enough you know, their goal comes from a full-back who's got all day in possession uh, because Jota wasn't closing them down uh, and he plays a, a, a good ball in the middle of the field that cuts out O'Reilly and um, McGregor who both lunge at it and miss. And then as soon as that boy in the midfield gets it, Juranovic is still looking at him going, what's he going to do? I'll tell you what he's going to do, Joseph. Mudrick, that's what he's going to do. Right? Did you do any pre-game prep, big man? Come on! You know where that ball's going. What are you standing looking at him for? It's Mudrick. It's always Mudrick. Right? So, plays it to Mudrick. Who, Mudrick was running two seconds before. Right? So, Juranovic does a, a, you know, a good job. I'm being a bit hard on Juranovic. You know what I mean? It was an instant reaction. But Mudrick was already on his shoulder, turned, facing the goal, and sprinting before Juranovic even turns. Right? And we knew that would happen. We knew it would happen. It wasn't unforeseeable. We talked about it for the whole show, you know, and I was absolutely raging. And then people, you know, criticising Joe Hart, but to be fair, 
I haven't watched it back as I tend to do. Uh, Joe Hart was gambling on a low ball. Uh, the percentage ball was a ball between his legs, and that's what he thought was going to happen. So when Mudrick finished high, um, you know, he was just sort of flapping at it. So I'm not really blaming him, but I am blaming that system. You know, I mean, you know, it was just so annoying that that guy should, should score because we said before they're as close to a one-man team as you like. And even the one that got chopped off that Shved put in the back of the net was Mudrick again. You know, and this time he drifted inside and he was left alone and he drifted past McGregor and O'Reilly uh, and cuts down, makes the run through the inside. And it's like, that he should have been man-marked, in my view. That's, you know, that's what we were saying before, as close to man-marking as we've ever seen, you know, because he is their one danger. And it was so annoying. I was raging anyway before the game started. So, anyway... I know yeah, anybody, that's in the, anybody that's in the WhatsApp group with John would have knew that he was raging <laughs> before the game. So, it's, uh, but then, of course, we went on to play, uh, and I, I think, uh, I'm hoping this is not becoming a pattern uh, at the time. Uh, it was very frustrating. Uh, I counted eight chances, five good slash very good chances, uh, and we are as clinical as heart surgery in a sewer. Uh, so uh, it's just, we are not, and, my, and actually now take this Mirren game into account as well, when, when you're looking back, uh, I, I'm not sure Kyogo or Jakimakis are actually in very good form. Uh, you know, especially, I mean, like yesterday, everyone was anonymous yesterday on Sunday, but uh, Kyogo was didn't contribute anything and Jackie Marcus um you know again missed another uh, when he came on so um you know and in that game um one of the I mean very good chances two of the very good chances actually fell to Jackie Marcus um so you know and I I, I I wrote down all the chances and what was happening with them just because I was trying to get a handle on how many we actually could have scored and how many were realistic and there were at least five Really, really, really good chances. So, you know, I was very frustrated, I have to say. <clears throat> and I think, yes, it's you can always take the point of view. I'm the same as most people. I'm conflicted, right? It's a point away from home in the Champions League. You know, that's very, very important. Of course it's important. But we should have won the game. Uh, and we should have won the game. And it could be the one that we really regret not winning. It could be the point away, the two points away from home uh, that we really regret not getting. It could come back to bite us because despite the fact that Shakhtar beat um, the next, uh, sorry, Shakhtar beat um, uh, Leipzig 4-1, uh, uh, I think now, you know, Leipzig are, are as strong, if not stronger. I mean, that, to me, that was probably a freak result. And I think Leipzig are a real danger um, so I am not it's called, what we've seen from that is and given what the other thing we discussed about the game as well um, given how uh, Shakhtar had been stripped of so many of their first team talents uh, because of the situation that they're in you know it, you know, it doesn't strike me that we are you know we, we played well and we should have taken the chances and we could have finished uh, you know a lot more of them but that's what they did you know that's what you do at this level you have to be clinical. You have to be. I mean, I think the game against Leipzig, what was it, Shakhtar got, you know, five shots and scored four. 
you know, uh, you know, we are just not converting, and it is a problem now. It is a problem now. You know, we have to be converting these chances, and there's no point in saying, you know, that you know, fingers crossed in Europe now all will be well. If that's the level that we're at, if we're creating those chances and we're not able to take them, and it's more than just the fact that. You know, it was just a bit unlucky. If we are not good enough to take those chances, then you know we sort of found our level, and our level is you know is, you know getting a few points and draws. Uh, so, you know, yes, we have come a long way and all the rest of that. But I'm just you know judging it on where we are at the moment, what we were hoping for, I suppose. Um, and I was hoping for much better. Um, so, you know that that's where I'm with it, Kev. I don't know where you stand. That, that's where that's where you you were at it. I, obviously, I done the post match with Kevin McCluskey, and I was extremely disappointed not to take three points at that point. I actually felt like a right kick in the hormones at that point that we didn't actually get three points because of the number of chances that we've that we actually created on the night and how dominant we were, especially in the setting half. Now. <laughs> You you done you done your research and you told us that Shakhtar were a one man team and that proved to be the case. The longer I watched the game, I agree with you that uh, that result they got against Leipzig was a complete and utterly freak result. And after the game, I was more positive that that point away from him, I think for us means we're not finishing bottom of this group. I think we're going to get European football after Christmas. Maybe it will only be in the Champions League that the three points might have got us, but having a look now at this group I'm at, we're not finishing bottom. I can't see Shakhtar winning another game in, in, in that group stage. Uh, they're not going to handle coming to Celtic Park, I don't think. And Leipzig, as you say, now look a different yeah. animal. And this, this double header is, is between us and Leipzig is who's going to finish second. So we're actually now in a good, like, uh, old-fashioned home and away, home and away knockout tie, I reckon, and yeah. uh, where that's going to go. Your point regarding Mudrick, I'm going to go with the folk who know about football, the tactics, and I'm going to go with the coaching staff, and I think the coaching staff are going to agree, agree with Polymorphous here, because I know that I agree with him. We kept Mudrick quiet in the large part. Quality players will find ways to hurt you regardless of the game plan against them. I think the Celtic coaching staff will point to your point, Mr Hughes, and go like that. One error. He done hee-haw the rest of the game. He done nothing the rest of the game. We completely dominated that game. That proved that the game plan was right. With regards to Jota, he somehow managed to get man in the match. It was really, really frustrating for me. I didn't think he was man in the match. I thought Greg Taylor was man in the match. I thought Jota was like trying to light a birthday candle in a wind. He got to a certain point. It went up, then it got blown out. He needs to learn like to produce top quality at that level but I'm like you I'm worried about the amount of chances we're missing at that level if we start taking those chances we, we are actually going we're actually going to be like in no danger whatsoever but mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'll, I'll put a question to you. The chances that we us in Europe, do you reckon we score them in the Scottish Premier League? Do you reckon it's just the players that are maybe a bit more nervous playing on the Champions League stage? Well, I reckon uh, we don't uh, create the number of chances or as clear-cut chances as we do uh, in uh, the, the Premier, so it's difficult. Which is, which is obvious, which it's is there's a, a jump-up in level. You know, I mean, I was, you know, even if you look back at Maeda, uh, and there's a hypothetical question here that I, I had this argument with a friend of mine, is, is Maeda... Uh, is he the guy that's creating these chances, but he can't finish them? Uh, so he's he's brilliant at getting into you know space, and he's the guy that's in the end of his balls, not great at finishing them. And if he's great at creating them, you know, my argument was, what's the point if he can't finish them? You know, because uh, I was looking at the ball across the face of goal uh, when he sort of lunged at it. But he didn't need to lunge at it, and he took it in the wrong foot. He, he tried to take it on his left instead of taking it on his right back across the goalie. It just, he never looks like he's going to score, you know. So you've, you've got issues like that, um, you know. Uh, a big Gigi had one he definitely should have taken and one you would have hoped he could have taken. Uh, so there, there, there are levels to this, right? You know, and I'm not suggesting otherwise. Obviously, there are much, much better teams, much better defences. Um, and the the chances, but that's why you have to take these chances because you're not going to get as many. You're not going to get as many. Um, and what was your my the other concern about Jota playing there was, and I think it's been you know we've seen it in the last couple of games. A couple of things. First of all, when we signed Haxabanovic, I asked on Twitter. I said, "Why are we signing another left-sided player?" There are other positions that need filled. Why are we signing another left-sided player? I don't get it. And I was told that he can play anywhere across the middle. But apparently not. Apparently he plays on the left, right? And that means our best left-sided player, Jota, is going to the right, where he has not been effective, right? I don't think he's been playing well on the right. I don't think he's contributed anywhere near as much on the right as he does on the left. So how good is Haxabanovich? Now, he set up that goal. Uh, uh, but, you know, um, he, he didn't do much else the rest of the game, but he set up that goal. I'm pretty sure Jota would have done that or could have done that. I would be uh-huh. still be happier still be happier with Jota on the left. I, 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 you know, I'm not happy with this idea that we sacrifice our best player. You know, and I know Haxabanovic looks a real deal. He looks a great wee player, uh, potentially, uh, though I wasn't appreciating his attitude yesterday, getting a strop on with ball boys and all the rest of it, you know. 
I, I don't mind people getting frustrated, but uh, you know, I don't like that sort of thing, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, but you know, at least he's trying, uh, and, and he came on, and you can see he was frustrated. Um, no, he is a good player, but I'd, I, I wouldn't play Jota out of position for him. I'm sorry, I, you know, if he plays across the front, play him in the middle. You know, if he's good enough, play him in the middle because you know Kyogo and Gigi haven't exactly been you know burning it up. So if he's that good, play him in the middle, play him out of position, and let's see how he does. You know, but Jota's our best player, and you know when you go to St. Mirren and stuff like that yeah. yesterday, on Sunday, sorry, um, you know that's the difference between us and them is those wee bits of magic, yeah. right? And if you're not creating those wee bits of magic. Uh, those wee bits of class, those wee bits of real quality, then we are not far enough away from them to be, you know, winning those games easily or winning those games handily. And we saw that. We've seen that for years and years and years. You know, there is not a big enough gap, despite what we're paying. I think Alan Morrison made the point uh, on one of the shows uh, the other day. It's not linear between how much you spend and how much you dominate people by. You know, you could you no. could be spending you could nearly be spending a hundred times as much to be guaranteeing nine on nil results. You know, uh, every week, not you know, uh, not ten times as much. So we do have a massive advantage, but it's not that big. These are better players, but the gap between them and well uh, coached, um, you know really aggressive and determined players is not that big you know so we can't afford to be and again um, coming back to St Mirren then I suppose you know as everyone said the selection and all the rest of it but again when I saw that selection much like I saw the selection for um, the Shakhtar game uh, my first thought was uh, wait a minute aren't St Mirren a better side than Ross County you know, because uh, it was effectively the same team. I think Seagrass, uh, Hart was in for Seagrass, Taylor was in for Burnaby, um, and I think uh, Kyogo was in for uh, Gigi. But, you know, it's essentially the same team. And I just thought, I, I think so. You know, then I went back uh, quickly before the game and had a wee look at their record and the number of clean, clean sheets. Was it seven they had since April and stuff like that? So, you know, they're, they're going to be a difficult side to break down. You know, uh, and uh, I think you will remember... Kev as well uh, on last week's show we were talking about Arn Moy you know and I and I said not for me uh, I basically you know he, he's a finisher not a starter and he uh, you know I wanted to see a bit more by way of testicular fortitude I think was my exact quote um, so you know and that, that's basically what happened I, I watched the game back for my sins and uh, you know, the things I do for this podcast, I really didn't want to watch that back, I can tell you. That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. But, the, the, you know, the thing about it was, you know, that midfield with Moy and Turnbull is for direct play goes to die, right? So, you know, the, the passing was crisp and accurate. I, w- I would suggest that, you know, Moy's, you know, pass rate was almost 100%, uh, as was Turnbull's. But the problem is that's because the only thing they do quickly is take the safe option. And whenever they're trying to do something more creative, they're far more ponderous, they're far slower to think about it, to see the opportunity uh, to make the pass. So, you know, uh, although the, the play round about it, even in the first half when I was watching it back and it wasn't annoying me because I already knew the result, uh, you know, there was some nice passing, uh, some crisp passing, um, but we weren't drawing them out. 
we did not, mm. we failed to draw them out. And because we failed to draw them out, God, it was so reminiscent of some Neil Lennon games. And, you know, they just parked the bus and we are just battering them and we just cannot get through. Uh, and you look at the wingers, I don't think either winger beat a man all day or even tried to beat a man all day. Take the ball, pass it back, try to create a wee triangle. It's not working. St Mirren held their lines really well. 80% possession. And, uh, you know, I, again, just with no direction or purpose or, you know, uh, the, pay, the pace was there on the passes, but not fast enough. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and not uh, purposeful enough and not creative enough. Uh, and we just, I think we learned, uh, you know, a hard lesson yesterday. We have excellent stand-ins, uh, but not an excellent second eleven. Those players individually can come in and do a great job in a good team, uh, but we cannot just pump out a second eleven and think they're going to win. Not at the, you know, anywhere from I would say mid-table, mid-table Premiership upwards. We can't do that, you know. So. Uh, I don't know if you really enjoyed the game, Kev. <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy the game. It was like getting force-fed a cat spew sandwich through a straw. And I'm nay why would I actually want to watch it back. I've got nay, I've got nay, like inclination to watch it back whatsoever. What I would say is we can't go for saying we've got a strong squad to a, a, a bad squad. Uh, and it hasn't got the strength and depth. When I saw the team, I was probably different for anybody else. I went, I'm quite happy with that side. That's got enough quality there to beat a loving job in Spanners and St Mun Kits. <laughs> and it should have been enough to beat a loving job in Spanners and, and St Mun Kits because every one of those starting 11 would get into anybody else's starting 11 bar Rangers. And that, so it should be good enough. I'm not going to blame Posta Coglu. He made the changes. It was one of the games where everybody looked like they had never seen a football before. <laughs> it was one of them where everything just completely was utterly terrible on the day. And when, when we lost the second goal, I, I, I went like that. I went, like, move on. <laughs> We're not getting back into this. This, this. this game's gone for us. It doesn't matter what you try here. We're not getting back into this. St. Mon have now got, their beat, now got a, a bit between their teeth and they're going to just hang on. They've given them a two-goal advantage. We've been utterly rotten the whole day. There's not really much you can actually do bar move on. But I thought that there was a lot of overreaction and hyperbole to certain performances in, yeah. in that day, especially about Moy and Turnbull. I look up front, you've got Abada who scored numerous goals last season, you've got Kyogo who scored numerous goals last season, and you've got Maida who scored seven or something this season already. Already, you're, you're, you're talking about guys that should score goals, mm-hmm. but if we're not creating nothing, I mean, we had enough, we had a, we, the midfield. Moy, an Australian international, the Scotland international, and David Turnbull, who's in the Scotland squad as well. That's that's better. That's good enough to be a Stevie Robertson job inside that or mounting on. So my my, my my blame is completely on the players. And Posta Coglu is the only fault I'm going to put in Posta Coglu is he put too much trust in the players. That wow. uh, but but when he changed it, he hooked them at half time. And the and the guy and the guys that we actually think are first team players done hee haw as well, done absolutely nothing as well. So, well, the, 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 in terms of the you know uh, people saying things about certain players, uh, the one thing I, I would say about Moy 
uh, that that first goal. I mean, he was so switched off. It reminded me. I remember one time uh, I spent five minutes looking for my phone, using the torch on my phone to find it. Uh, you know, that's how switched off he was. That's how switched off I was. Uh, so you know, he just he wasn't paying any attention. The boy got the run on him, uh, and you know, there's your goal. Um, but this thing about the centre half's been dominated. Uh, you know, on, on watching that back, uh, that's not really the, the, the impression I got. I mean, no. that, sec- that second goal, that came from a mistake by Callum McGregor because there's a long throw in. Taylor wins the ball at the front post. It goes into the middle of the box. But Callum McGregor heads it back across the box reflexively, heads it back across the box just in the direction that he's facing. Jens is now on his back foot, standing still, moving backwards. The St Mirren boy gets a run on him. <laughs> puts it across the goal, and Stephen Welsh has the boy, you know, uh, by the scruff of the shirt. Now, if the ref had seen it, it'd be a definite penalty. He couldn't be holding on to him anymore. Uh, and it is a mistake by Welsh because because he was holding on to the boy's shirt when he let it go, he just missed the ball. Mm-hmm. And the boy behind him, the boy behind him just headed it in. He didn't jump over him. He didn't dominate him. There was no, I don't know where this narrative is coming from that the, the you know the centre halves were dominated. That's not the case. Now the centre halves are they as good as the first, you know, the first choice pair? No, but that's why they're the second choice pair. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hardly a surprise. You know, uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Cameron Carton, Vickers, and Starfield are better. Of course they are. They're the first choice pair. So we're playing our second choice guys. They didn't get dominated, but there was at least one mistake, right? At least one. Uh, you know, but. Of all the things that happened in that game, like Moy making his mistake, Stephen Welsh made a wee mistake, it cost his goals. But it was it was the fact that we had eighty percent possession, and we did not manage to break their lines. We weren't getting any runners in behind. We weren't getting any passes through. We were playing in front of them the whole time. You know, the midfield constantly had their backs to their goal. It just it wasn't direct enough, it wasn't fast enough, and it, we weren't good enough at drawing them out. It wasn't Ange Ball, as we've come to know it. Because yeah. Ange Ball, we invite them onto us. That's the whole point. That's what's dangerous about it, what's exciting about it. We invite them onto us. Yeah, and they were pressing hard, but they weren't pressing high. You know, So they, they were sitting in their lines, and they were very comfortable in those lines, and we just weren't breaking them. And we could have played in front of them all day. And even when... Um, you know, in the second half, you had um, Haksabanovic and Jota and all coming on. You know, they tried to get round them, but they were fairly resolute and they were right. lying deep because they were deep lying. It's not as if you could kick it past them and chase on it, really. You know, and they were, uh, you know, because they were catching you before you had a chance. So it was, uh, you know, go ahead. Sam, I, I, think. I, think, I think as well, John, like, I didn't think St Murn were that good. I didn't think they had to be good to actually beat us because we didn't put them under pressure. What we've, what we've actually come to know from an Ange Poster called Celtic was not there on Sunday whatsoever, no matter the 16, 17 players that we actually used. And uh, look, the only thing that I regret that we haven't got a game <laughs> this week to actually get it out of our system. I'm going to need to wait uh, a week on a week on Saturday until we play Motherwell, and that's the only thing I've got a regret about. I've got no regret about the result. I've got no regret about the, t- the team selection. We were absolutely ranked rotten, and we got what we deserved, <laughs> and that's it. Then I mean, you just need yeah. to move on. Uh, before we go, because we've been on for an hour and four minutes, John. No excuses. Oh, but that's <laughs> Sorry, most of that was me talking. I think. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no excuses, but what about the strip clash? 
That strip oh. class was absolutely was absolutely it's terrible. terrible. It's terrible. Uh, it didn't, make, it didn't change the fact that we were rotten, uh, no. but it was. I like that cut tape, but whoever thought wearing it at Paisley no. was a good idea needs no. a head looked at. I reckon we'll only see that top again. I don't yeah. think we'll, I don't think we'll see that top again this season because there's no many there's no many occasions we can actually wear it, and it's been proved that we can't wear it at Love Street. <laughs> that was terrible. It really was difficult to tell from when you were watching it on the TV. It made it really, really awkward to tell. So it, it was a weird, it was a very strange decision. But you know, again, it didn't affect the actual football. So you know, it was, it was that was the first poor choice of the day. There were many others to follow. No, Kaiser comes and did the strip class effects at Mun. No, didn't it? And we're not, and we're not blaming the, we're not blaming the kids, we're not blaming the, the class for us being rotten and looking like we had never actually seen a football before in our lives for the whole of ninety minutes. We're not, we're not actually doing it. It did affect them. It inspired them. That's what it did. What, you know, all their players were hiding behind ours or vice versa. But you know, uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, they were the ones that uh, got boosted. But you know, ah, look, it was just. It's not. I don't like the script. Uh, the strip, uh, my, my son-in-law has one. I'm not a big fan of it, but, you know, again, That's sort of like blend it. into the background. I, I do like it, but I reckon we'll only see it again this season. Paul and officers, I've not heard your thoughts on MG's loan deal, Kev. Want to know if it was juicy enough. It was so juicy it could quench your first pal. The Michael, the Mikey Johnson loan move. I say I wanted Mikey Johnson to get a juicy loan move and no go to Aberdeen or somewhere like that. So it's really, really juicy. It's like Umbongo. No, remember Umbongo in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> it's as juicy as Umbongo. Right, I'm leaving us on that note. John, you've been fantastic as usual, lads. Thanks very much. Remember, gonna be bands to each other, and I'll see you all later. Hail, hail. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.